Welcome, friends, to the Agora Network Ministries program, Hope for the Agora, a conversation about mental health and the church. Listen in as our hosts, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie Gallant, share practical, educational, and insightful information about the mental health conversation and stigma inside the walls of the church. Through interviews, stories, and Christ-centered devotionals, along with dialogues with leading Christian mental health professionals and network ministries, our hope is that you, the listener, will learn and experience that hope and healing can be found in a holistic approach for body, soul, and spirit. Our prayer is that you become more aware about the importance of your mental health and be willing to make the changes you need to become a healthier you, physically, emotionally, and spiritually. Again, welcome to this program. Now, the founders and directors of Agora Network Ministries, Alan and Bonnie. Welcome, everybody. My name is Alan. And I'm Bonnie. And uh, we're so glad that you're joining us today. We're so glad. And if you've been listening, you know that tonight, this month's um, program is dealing with depression. So tonight we are going to continue with depression. So we would ask you to grab a coffee or maybe a cold drink, depending on um, the weather or your sleep habits, and sit back and let's listen to what we have to say tonight about depression. That's right. And so as we continue this uh, series on depression, I just want to remind everybody about why we do this program. Uh, So our goal is to help the church understand more of the the conversation about mental illness and also the stigma that is attached to this. Mm. And unfortunately, we know there's a huge stigma attached to um, mental health or mental illness within the church. And um, our goal is that we're all mentally healthy. We know that everybody, if we're honest and um, be truthful, That's right. we all suffer with some degree of mental illness. Not right. always are we healthy in our minds. That's right. And so when we talk about these illnesses, uh, again, last week, I think we talked about how we label people. And when we say they have mental illness, is sometimes can uh, be misunderstood and we think they're like we say they're mental and they're crazy but it's not referring to that the one thing we want people to understand is that there is a clinical uh, side of um, mental illness Mm -hmm. it's physical and uh, there's a spiritual side of us as well our souls but we want to you know again reiterate that the mental illness that we suffer is a medical condition. It's not a spiritual one. Right. And uh, and we've said before, we have to remember that we are made up of body, soul, and, uh, and our mind. And all of these things are intertwined. And it's so important that we address each aspect of That's right. who we are. And yeah, sometimes I'm maybe feeling physically down but maybe I'm okay in my soul. Exactly. Right? Not necessarily are they always connected. That's right. But it's nice to know that they're 
are connections that we certainly can identify and of course then seek hope and healing. That's right. And so tonight we want to answer the question, what makes church hard when you are struggling with depression? Uh, We are going to talk about that. And uh, so uh, listen closely as we talk about why is it hard for the church to deal with uh, those that struggle with depression? Well, we're going to walk you through probably, I don't know, maybe 10 um, some information that we have gathered. So we want to be able to share this with you. And number one is a decreased interest in being in a community. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And when I speak of community, I, I'm looking at the church community. Um, it can definitely extend outside the church community, but we're dealing with the church as yeah. a whole right now. That's right. So one of the important aspects of a vibrant relationship with the Lord is, you know, doing life together in, in community. But when you're depressed, however, you often have a decreased interest in social activities. This can prevent you from having a a deep connection associated with being in a community with others. You know, we need others to help us walk together in our Christian walk. That's right. And I remember when I was going through my severe depression, I didn't want to be in community. No, you didn't. I was was hiding. Yeah, it was a um, huge struggle. It was. And uh, so, but, uh, so I think it's really important that the church understand that when people sometimes don't want to join in Mm -hmm. or uh, are not present in these communities that we develop, it's not because they don't want to be. No. Sometimes people just can't because they're dealing with uh, depression. Absolutely. And, and especially during this time of COVID and having to stay home, and if you suffer with anxiety and depression, it um, becomes very comfortable. Yeah. And, uh, and I don't want to say it in this kind of way, but it can become the easy way out for That's the future. Right. Mm-hmm. So it we can would, become a crutch. Absolutely. So we are, you know, really um, emphasizing how important it is to have meaningful relationships and, and people that will come beside you. Absolutely. Because sometimes, like I said, you don't want to be with a bunch of people. You're right. But you want to be with uh, maybe a few or one. Mm-hmm. I, I, again, I remember it was so good to have one or two come to the house to right. talk to me. I couldn't handle a br- big group. No, not at all. And so, you know, with staying at home... Um, and watching it on TV, of course, it's it's kind of our a bit of our new norm at this point. Mm. But we need to be imp- need to realize how important it is to um, develop meaningful relationships, and this will make the meandering through our Christian walk more difficult if we continue to stay at home. Stay at home. So it's important to sometimes we need to push ourselves a little bit more. Yeah, and so another one is a feeling of separation from God. And many responders said to that question, uh, they felt it was a spiritual battle between their hearts and their heads. Their heads believed God, loved them, but their hearts and emotions felt otherwise, causing them to feel a separation from God who longs to be close to them. Mm. And when when it will be a most beneficial to gather in community, the responders said they actually chose to isolate themselves from a Christian community whom they believed did not understand them. And that really is a sad um, 
Commentary. Commentary for the church. It is, because a lot of people don't understand. No, and you know what? Like, we've been transparent and will continue to be transparent. We did not understand that either until mm-hmm. we started this journey ourselves. Um, I often felt like, what's wrong with people? Just shake it off. You're fine. Mm-hmm. But, you know, when as I think of people that journey through this, how easy it is to start to believe the lies of Satan. Um, well, he exploits our totally feelings. exploits our feelings. Right? And we just need to cover ourselves in Bible verses of the reassurance of how much God loves us mm-hmm. and our value and our worth to him. That's right. So I just want to take a break from that because I think it's important. We're talking about depression and uh, how the church needs to understand depression with their people. But I think it's important for us to highlight what are the symptoms Mm. of uh, depression. And uh, we talked about, at least in our story, uh, about mild and severe discouragement and depression. Right. And we said there's a big difference. You know, we can be discouraged but not depressed. Right. And uh, if you're depressed, there are certain factors that will um, indicate whether you're in a mild or you're in a severe. You know, one of the things I, I like to share with you as you're listening, that there are two most common symptoms of depression. And one is feeling sad or hopeless nearly every day. Mm-hmm. It's not just a once in a while, but this is a constant daily, yeah. daily battle. You're sad. You know, you have the Eeyore symptom, <laughs> a syndrome. You know, Eeyore on the... Uh, Eeyore. Eeyore on... Eeyore. You know what I mean. <laughs> on the... What's the bear's name? Winnie, Winnie the, the Pooh. Pooh. Uh, you know, uh, the cloud was over his head all the time. He saw everything as uh, a pessimistic. Not the glass up. was always yeah. half full. That's right. So Oh, no. It was always half, half empty. empty. Yeah. That's right. Come on. Get, out, get with it. <laughs> uh, so feeling sad or hopeless nearly every day. And number two is? Uh, losing interest in or not even getting pleasure from daily activities. And, and you feel this way every single day. Like things mm. that used to bring you joy no longer yeah. bring you joy. Yeah. Or maybe they're just too much of an effort to even to engage in so these are definitely um signs uh to pay attention to that's right to realize that you know what um i am having symptoms of depression and we certainly our encouragement is that you seek help mm-hmm. so other th- symptoms include losing or gaining weight i wish i could say that i could <laughs> lose it for some reason i'm on the always the gaining weight side well, uh, some people lose and some people gain, but you may also feel like eating more or less and then use your yule, uh, use your yule almost every day. Yeah. Uh, another symptom is sleeping too much or not enough almost uh, every day. Yeah, because the not enough is when you lay there in bed and you can't shut your mind off and you're constantly thinking or others can be where they just sleep all day. They just you know, staying awake, yeah. it's easier to sleep the day away than to be mm-hmm. able to stay awake. Or, like I said, or you go to bed and you, you can't sleep. Some feel restless and not able to sit still. Or maybe you sit quietly for a long time and, and moving takes a lot of effort. 
you know, just having to get up to do anything seems um, a, quite a bit of a chore. And others can see this in your behavior. I know a lot of the times, even with myself, um, not I'm not depressed, but I, I do suffer with some ang- with anxiety. Um, they say, "Mom, will you just sit down?" <laughs> and it's just I just feel like if I'm busy, then I don't have to think of what's going on in my head. Right. Yeah. So you know, you may be feeling tired and you have no energy Uh, Mm -hmm. that's a sign of depression but this is not just once in a while we want to make that clear this is an ongoing ongoing everyday you know episode and uh, also another symptom can be feeling unworthy or guilty nearly every day you low self-esteem but you know what when you think of that all of these build on that Mm-hmm. When you're not sleeping or if you've gained weight or mm. those kinds of things and, and you're not point. motivated to do anything, well, then it's going to give us the feeling of guilt or that we're unworthy, mm-hmm. we're useless. Yeah, that's right. So uh, the, uh, another one is finding it hard to focus. Remember things or make decisions near nearly every day. You may feel anxious or worried about things. And that was me. I, I couldn't shut up my mind. Mm. I remember uh, the kids when they were given a curfew and they were supposed to be at home at a certain time. Yeah. Even 10 minutes before they were supposed to get home. 10 minutes? <laughs> well, Half hour. Uh, I was calling and wondering if they're going to be home on time. Uh, sometimes if they were late one minute or two minutes, I will be on the phone or I would be panicking. Pants, panicking or prancing back and forth, getting angry and frustrated. Yeah, I couldn't couldn't uh, really. Uh, well, you couldn't think of it clearly. Focus. You couldn't focus like the the. The grace of thinking, okay, you know, they could be 10 minutes late or 15 minutes late. There could be a reason. But you weren't able to think that mm-hmm. through clearly. No. Uh, you know, so we're going to pick it up in a few minutes. Uh, we uh, enjoy Pastor Gord Abraham when he speaks about the mind that for what matters. And uh, Pastor Gord is going to continue on. We appreciated so much his uh, story of his depression. And now he goes farther uh, in the sharing the word uh, uh, on the life of Elijah and his, uh, his story. So listen closely as you listen to Pastor Gord. Greetings, friends. Today we're continuing on in our programs with a focus on depression, the mental health issue that is the common experience in our culture and even among those who follow Christ. There was a prophet named Elijah whose story is found in the book of 1 Kings chapter 16 to 19, where Elijah was called to be God's voice to an evil king named Ahab and the northern nation of Israel, who had a history of rejecting their God, Jehovah, and worshipping the idols of the nations around them, with all of the resulting immorality, social upheaval, and violence. Elijah took on the king, prophesied a multi-year drought that devastated the country, and obviously made enemies by that. But who said doing what God wants us to do will always win praise and accolades from everyone? Then in chapter 18, after three years of drought, Elijah challenges the nation, the king and 450 false prophets, to face off between the living God of Israel and the false god Baal, which they were worshipping. 
the king called Elijah the troubler of Israel, even though he was faithfully doing what God had told him to do. So here's Elijah, alone, opposed, and facing the majority of the nation who opposed him. Elijah set out the terms of the challenge in 1 Kings 18.20. He says, How much longer will you waver between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. You can read the rest of the story for yourself, but to summarize, there was an amazing victory for the God of Israel as he showed himself to be the true and living God by sending fire down from heaven. For Elijah, this conflict involved a huge spiritual, emotional, physical, and even relational cost. Yes, God did show himself to be the true and living God. Yes, God did the miraculous. But remember, Elijah was still just a human, called by and empowered from God to do a supernatural work. There was a toll on his whole being. After the king, Ahab and his wife Jezebel threatened Elijah and plotted his death, we read in chapter 19.3 these revealing words. It says, Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. The continuing story reveals that Elijah was exhausted, fearful, angry, and self-centered, allowing his mental state and self-talk to move him into a depression. From this part of the story, we can learn a few lessons that can help us maintain a healthier mental state. First of all, we are not superhumans even as followers of Christ. God may call us to do works of service well beyond our own abilities and strengths, and yet it is God who does those works, not us. Let's not take on the success or failure as our own. Secondly, we need to learn that we followers of Jesus still have human limitations. We need to replenish our inner lives and keep our thoughts truthful, based on what God says, not on what we may feel. That is the only way we will flourish. Thirdly, we must not promote or make up a false image that following Christ will always be characterized by great victories, success, prosperity, and will never have any negative experiences, criticisms, attacks, or disappointments. Real life following Christ will be challenging, tough, and even move us through times where we have no control over what is happening. This is where we have to learn about ourselves, our emotions, and God's role and presence in our lives. And so as we look next week at Elijah and how God worked him through this process and brought him through time of very dark thoughts and self-pity, we're going to see the wonderful grace and the presence of God in the life of this prophet. And we are going to live through this story knowing that God is here with us, God is for us, and God is working in our lives. Welcome back, friends, and thank you, Gord, so much for that devotional. Well, I hope you are, are as excited as we are about the launch of our book, The Beautiful Strokes of God. If you haven't received your copy yet, please go to Amazon.ca and order it or on Amazon.com for our American friends. We are just over the moon that this has been published. And thank you so much to David Stokes, who is our um, publisher and has helped us be able to compile this book together. So please mm -hmm. go on to Amazon.ca or yeah. Amazon.com and order your book. But we do ask you, if you wouldn't mind, please yeah. leave a review. That's important. Uh 
And it, we want you to be honest. Absolutely honest. Uh, or maybe lie a little bit. Well, five stars would be <laughs> awesome if you could. Um, Amazon really likes to track books in that way. So yeah. if you ordered the book and once you have read the book, it's a very easy read. It is not earth shattering, but it definitely mm -hmm. is mind opening. Yeah, that's a good way to describe it. Mm -hmm. Church struggles so much with people that have depression. So one is a lack of understanding about mental illness. Mm -hmm. A lot of the times we say it's all in your head and taking medication means that you lack faith. Or just some of the comments those ignorant about illness had for the depressed when they found out people were taking medications to be able to help mm -hmm. them cope. Well, I do think sometimes we as believers, we can run quickly to the medicine cabinet yep. when we really should be looking for guidance through a spiritual leader or, or someone we can trust. a professional that can help us work through the things that are making us depressed. Absolutely. Right? And mm -hmm. so we uh, can discount that. But you know what? On this journey, we have heard those things. It's all in your head. Yeah. I I'm still surprised by the many Christians that are taking uh, a stand against yes. mental illness and said it's all in your head or taking medication is a lack of faith. If anything, taking medication is a step of faith because, uh, you know, you never know what's going to happen and you're hoping that uh, medication will really help your brain focus and mm -hmm. get leveled. And get get better. Uh, we need to understand that it's difficult enough to take the medication, yeah. let alone admit it to the people close enough to us. I That's know right. that you struggled with that, Alan. Mm -hmm. and, and the more we are open to allowing God to use whatever means necessary to promote healing, the quicker those fear, the fear of entering the church doors may um, go away and, and be able then to be able to put one foot in front of the yeah. other and to walk into the, the church once again. Yeah, support is so important, mm. right? We need people to help us uh, if we're going back to the Yes, to worship place. Absolutely. Uh, and uh, we need people to understand and walk with us. Very important. Well, I know that I'm not the only one guilty about this, but I th I'm sure most of us out there would say, yes, I've done this. A difficulty sharing feelings openly with others for fear of judgment. Mm. You know, so often we enter the church and, and the church goers or our community ask us, oh, how you doing? I'm fine. Oh, yeah. But instead of giving an honest answer, we settle for the simple reply of, um, I'm fine. Yeah. Although five minutes before worship begins may not be the ample time to launch into uh, what we are struggling with, but mm -hmm. we certainly can take a time to find one-on-one um, -on -one time with a, that special yeah. person that we can trust and confide in. This is so important, and it certainly would reduce symptoms significantly uh, if I think we're able so. to do that. But, you know, this is where the stigma comes. Absolutely. And uh, so people that struggle with mental illness and depression, uh, they don't want to talk about it to mm -hmm. uh, people or even the people they trust in the church because they, they fear they will be labeled Absolutely. as a weak Christian. Mm -hmm. Maybe they have some sin in their lives. Yeah. They're not trusting God enough. 
or you know the one you're not praying hard enough exactly so which brings to this next one a fear of not measuring up against the sunday mask now we know we're all wearing a mask right now but this is the the sunday mask or sometimes we called um when we used to drive into the parking lot with the kids in the church, it was the, oh, the sanctification, s- sanctification sancti- place. Spot. <laughs> spot. Yeah. You know, we kind of put on that Sunday face before we walk through the doors. So many responders mm-hmm. said that they feel like they have to defend their worth by putting on a mask, mm. much like their brothers and sisters in Christ. So they're not the only one. Many yeah. do this. Most said that they would love to be part of a body that valued authenticity over perfection. Wow. Yeah, and that's important. In a church culture, we're looking for perfect is valued above being real. Mm. Let that sink in for just a minute to think the church culture is looking for perfection above being real. The depressed feel that they are at a grave disadvantage because they can't get it all together. They try to measure up but often feel that they fall short. I know even with, you know, Sunday services and stuff and when we're, you know, sometimes practicing or getting ready for Sunday morning, we think everything has to be perfect. The worship Mm. has to be perfect. The announcements have to be perfect. Things have to be timed. Everything has to be a certain way. When it really then puts us in a box and a performance and mode. then performance mode and, and then when we feel that we can't measure up to these things and especially if anyone suffers with depression or anxiety mm. that just blows um, them out of the water totally it just mm. it piles one on top of the other um the other would be a strong urge just to keep silent for many, keeping silent was a better alternative than admitting that they had an illness in the first place. The lack of a healthy self concept compels churchgoers to suffer in silence in an attempt to pretend that the illness doesn't exist or if that they particularly don't struggle with it. So if they don't have to talk about it, admit it, then they don't struggle with it. Think about this. If the enemy, if Satan could keep Adam silent as he stood before Eve and, you know, as she partake, partook, I should say, in that fruit, I think things would have been a little bit different. But mm-hmm. even Adam didn't speak up. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that's the sad part within the church. We're very much urged to keep silent. And you know what? We have realized this is so important that we have started a campaign Uh, about wearing a mask with a motto on it called Break the Silence. Mm -hmm. And the Break the Silence of Mental Illness. And so, uh, you know, we have to break this silence in the church and we have to speak up about it. It can't be be taboo anymore. No. Because we have to help people. So uh, we're going to talk next week about... Mm -hmm. What can the church do about this? Right on. This is going to be good information. Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of funny. We live in the day and age right now where we have to wear masks yeah. all the time. But at this point, it's time to take the mask off. Not the physical mask of protection from COVID-19, but the mask of not being who we are mm-hmm. or to be honest. We need to learn to start to share. That's right. And so, again, we're talking uh, about depression and uh, depression inside the church 
um, we look forward to next week when we go further. But Bonnie's going to tell you how you can subscribe to the ministry and get connected to Agora Network Ministries. So we would love to have more subscribers to our um, website. It's actually done so well. So it would be through www agoranetworkministries.com. So please go on there um, and hit subscribe. We would love to be able to connect with you. We have so many good articles. There's ways there of reading people's blogs that people have written for us, ways of purchasing books through the library that we have established um, through our website. And for pastors out there, we have a wonderful gentleman, Alan Klein Dieters, who the end of every month has a segment on yeah. uh, Hope for the Pastors. I really enjoyed his it, last one. It was just excellent. So we would love for you to do that. Also, if you subscribe, you'll see all kinds of information. And um, we would just love for you to be a part of that. Yeah. So, uh, again, thank you for uh, being a part of the, this uh, show. Um, and we, uh, like Bonnie said, we have a lot of good resources. Go to our bookstore, and our book is there as well. But we want to highlight three other books that deal with depression. One is called Save Your Husband, uh, because depression can be deadly. A lot of men suffer, and they don't like anybody to know. And talk about the stigma of uh, suffering. Um, in general, but I think for men, it's even greater because no one wants, men particularly don't like to talk about these things. Oh, their feelings, of course. And the other one, of course, is Emotionally Free, but uh, Dr. Grant Mulling, a prescription for healing body, soul, and spirit. And the other book is Hope for the Hopeless. Freedom from Anxiety and Depression is Possible by Lynn Stafford. Uh, this book is a, a good read of her story. We've had the opportunity to spend some time with Lynn, and it's just a wonderful um, book. Her honesty and her openness um, through this you would certainly appreciate. As we conclude our program, we want to thank you for listening to today's broadcast. For more information about Agora, we invite you to journey through our website www.agoranetworkministries.com Also, please subscribe while there or email us at info at agoranetworkministries.com Until next time, may you know and experience the hope and healing that comes from the greatest healer, Jesus Christ. Well, friends, let's pick up where we left off.